are listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, and me, C.C. Broadus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. This is C.C. Broadus, and I'm joined... By my partners in crime. First of all, here's Alan Schneider. Arrivederci, everybody. And Latonia Stakes winning owner, Brandon Jaggers. <laughs> yes, sir, man. I tell you what, my voice is just now recovering from it all. But uh, what a great win for Dream and, and for the connections. And thanks to Dan Glick. I'm going to get my, my trophy photo on Friday at Dan's house. So I'll... Uh, I get to hold the trophy for a little bit and uh, just uh, appreciate all the support and fanfare. It was a lot of fun. All right. So uh, if those that don't know, uh, Brandon owns a piece of dream, a little dream of you. Where can we expect her to run next? You know, I haven't heard one thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, I, man, I, it would be a treat to run Derby Week. That seems to be around the time that she'd be earning another race. I think she came out of that race just fine. Uh, Florent Drew gave her a great ride that day, and uh, I think he really made the difference and got her going. So uh, glad she came on late, and uh, we're thrilled for her. to. She's now a winner on synthetic, dirt, and turf. There's money to be made there. Money to be made. I hope. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so... Here we are. It's April already, and we're just over four weeks away from the Kentucky Derby, and it's going to have three great prep races over the weekend, starting here in Kentucky at Keeneland with the Bluegrass Stakes, and then uh, uh, Equiduct for the Wood Memorial, and then out west, the Santa Anita Derby. Um, the Santa Anita Derby and the Wood Memorial really came up tough, uh, deep fields. Not so much here at Keeneland. I think there's going to be a standout in the bluegrass, but we'll get to that later. Uh, first of all, before we get started, uh, we're going to handicap this card. Alan, any, any, uh, any thoughts on opening weekend? Well, obviously like everyone looking forward to it. I mean, it, it signals a bit of a new beginning here, uh, in the state. It's always that way here in, in uh, Kentucky, in the springtime, uh, Keelan kind of kicks off things. It seems like in a, in a lot of ways, and this year's no exception. Uh, so we'll be at their opening weekend. Uh, the weather's going to be a little cooler than we had hoped. I'll say that, but uh, it'll still be enjoyable. So the weather still be dry. Um, the fields have come up a little bit disappointingly short. I, I won't, I will acknowledge that particularly on Friday. So uh, there's a lot of good races in between, but some of the fields are short, but outside of that, uh, I'll, I'll be there with bells on. Yeah. Very surprising actually to me that the, a lot of these stakes races really, really came up a lot, a lot of six and seven horse fields. I'm not, mm-hmm. not pleased with that, but, uh, uh, hopefully that'll, that'll pick up as the meet goes along. And I'm, I'm counting on Brandon. Brandon, you need to come through for me now. I want to be there on Saturday. I'm oh gonna, yeah. The pressure's on. Uh, yeah. You know, just like what Alan said, we'll all be there Friday and, uh, hopefully things work out that we're going to be up in a nice box on uh, Saturday and, uh, you guys are right about that, but other tracks, you know, when there's stake races this coming weekend, those fields look light too, you know, five, five, six, eight horse fields. So I, I hope this is not a, a thing that's 
it's going to keep coming on for years. I mean, obviously the full count is down, but man, I mean, it's just, it's kind of disappointing to see opening weekend at Keeneland a little light. Yeah, that's for sure. So, all right. So look, we're going to talk about Saturday and it's a great card of stakes races, uh, 11 race card capped by the Toyota bluegrass stakes. Uh, one of the top preps for, for this year's Kentucky Derby. And like I said, we'll get to that later. We're going to start with some spot plays. Alan, I think you like some horses and maybe in race two and three. Uh, once you take it away, start with race two. Yeah, uh, I like a little early. I'm going to have to like a little early on because the stakes race is a little bit light later. So I I won't be afraid to pass races this week, and I'll, I'll put it that way. But I will I will try a little something in races two and three. As of right now, things can change. Uh, but in race two... Playing Dale Romans at Keeneland is not something I ordinarily I do a lot of, but I do like the placement of Mahomes money, uh, number two in race two. It's a starter allowance for $50,000. This horse has always been kind of a, a little bit hyped and been kind of disappointing for a few starts, but got stuck on the inside a lot of times, had to battle on the lead. It seems like the light may have finally went on for this horse down at Gulfstream and went wire to wire against a decent field, two back for 50, and then uh, – then came right back and got kind of left at the gate a little bit and still closed. And if you look at his Brisnet uh, late pace figures, they have been steadily ascending uh, each start. I think the horse might be in the best form of his young career so far. So I think he's well spotted in here. Uh, seven furlongs. I usually, again, I don't usually play Dale Romans at Keeneland, but uh, uh, I, I'm going to uh, lean on uh, Mahomes' money, I believe, early uh, in race two. Also, like. Uh, the spin doctor me a little bit likes uh, two princes a little bit uh, as well for uh, Ian Wilkes and Julian Leperu. I mean, they, they want a really nice race for $50,000 that one turn at Gulfstream. So if I decide not to single Mahomes' money, I may go too deep in there and hope for the best. And, but uh, right now I'm leaning Mahomes' money in race two. Race two is a starter allowance of the, uh, the beard course distance, which is roughly seven furlongs and 184 feet. And the favorite here is Chasing Artie, the eight horse, two to one for Wesley Ward. This horse has entered in the sprint stakes on the turf on Friday. I'm hoping this horse will go in this starter lounge race because if he takes money, I think we can beat him. I don't like him at all. Yeah, I think he's vulnerable. Yeah, he, we'll I mean, see where he ends up. He, he, he ran an okay second at Turfway, two back, but that was against uh, May Fast 15. Bob for 15, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and he's bred for turf. He's by We Miss Artie, who was, I think, was a poly track horse back in the day. And Grandsire's kid in his joy. This horse is bred top and bottom for turf, and he's running on dirt. I think he's a play against here. If if he goes there, he may go in the stakes on Friday on the turf. And if, in that in that case, then the odds, will, the, the betting will, will change in that race. But so we don't know where he's going to go at, at this point. But I hope I'm like you. I hope he goes there. Uh, he may win the race for fun. But uh, I'm willing to play against him at that two to one morning line if he does go. Well, we're, on the other hand, we're rooting for uh, Kenneth Ramsey to to pay his. Uh, <laughs> so this. Uh, says, does he owe you any money? He owes everybody else money. He, he does not owe me. He just owes me winners. All. <laughs> all right, let's turn the page to race three. Six and a half furlongs on the dirt. Maiden special weight. Maiden's three years old. The morning line favorite is the five horse Shadow Matter, son of Macho Uno for Dallas Stewart. Debuted at Fairgrounds and finished second, beating a length and a half by Colonel Bowman. Alan, who do you like here? Uh, again, really nice uh, 
made in special way. Really nice uh, young three-year-olds in here. A lot of ways to go, a lot of ways to go, but there's no way I'm not leaving uh, Brad Cox and Oxo Equine off my ticket. I believe um, with this uh, number 11 primary endpoint at 5 to 1 in the morning line, this horse is a half-brother to the California Chrome and uh, by pioneer the nile so and the oxo people come to play when when they run when they run first out they come to win i believe at turfway park they put uh three horses this meet and they won two races and ran second in the other one and the, the race from the second is their entry mate that won the race so they come to play they have monday call up later in a card monday call debuted here at keenan last year for oxo and just aired for brad cox so it's a tough field it's a tough field and being by California, being the, uh, uh, related to California, I can't imagine the horse does go off at five to one. But again, the field is deep. So uh, the horse been working at the fairgrounds makes me wonder a little bit. But that said, uh, can't say I'll single the horse, but the horse will be, again, once again, a heavy lean for me. Um, there's a long shot, I like a little bit too in here uh, for Rudy Brissett and our buddy Chris Landerell's name, Recidivist. Horse is going to be overlooked in a wagering because it comes from Turfway Park. But the horse uh, on debut ran against a pretty tough field at Turfway, took money, a lot of money early, drifted up seven to one, battled the whole every uh, step of the way and run a good second. Uh, I got to think they maybe had this, this spot of Keeneland in mind. So I'm going to lean to the 11 um, primary endpoint, but I will I definitely have recidivist as my a bit of a long shot play in there. But again, there's a lot of ways to go in here and I, I could see a, a variety of horses winning, but that's the way I'm going. Yeah, you must include the 10 KC Rocket for Al Stahl. Agreed, yeah. yeah Frank this, Fletcher. It's the son of Cantharos, and they gave a half million dollars for him. Cantharos is a up-and-coming sire of uh, probably sprint, sprint to middle distance runners. And this horse had a little bit of trouble down the backstretch in his first start and finished third behind, who's probably, who might be the favorite in here, Shadow Matter. And I think you've got you've to gotta include that one. I love Al Stahl second time out. So I think and his uh, his horses with Frank Fletcher, they're the rocket horses, and they they always tend to be runners too. So I would expect this one's uh, no different. But it's again, it's a good field. It's a really good field. Yeah, and let's not forget our our buddy Tom Jury. Yeah, mm-hmm. six horse gun lap. It's, uh, he's freshly gilded, adds blinkers, turns back. I mean, that last start he, he finished well up the track behind Big Lake, who was briefly on the Derby Trail. You know, yeah, I, 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 I like the horse. I love this horse for the turn back and get the experience. You got some fresh shooters, obviously, but uh, this one going four time out. I think its debut at six furlongs was a good debut. Yeah. And and they need to return that horse back because those, those works are very steady, very consistent, but they've never tried to put a five furlong work in that horse. And I don't start, I don't think those run happies want to go past a mile or seven furlong. Yeah, those are the four ideals. Those are the four uh, I think uh, I'd be happy using. I'm, I'm, I may try to go get away with two, but those are the four I like in there as well. All, all, all the ones we just mentioned. Okay, uh, we're going to skip race four. Race five is allowance optional claimer. I don't think anything sticks out there. Uh, race Just for me. Just oh, for I'm me. Sorry. I'm sorry. You want to you want to talk about race five allowance optional claimer? Uh, stick out stick out's a little a little a little bold i shouldn't go that far because again as i just mentioned i mean you've got a lot of ways to go in here you got two ra- two runners for brad cox um there's a bit of a hair metal angle in this race because you've got a horse named warrant 
and you've got the mother of the horse I like in here, Democracy, Love of a Lifetime uh, by the band Firehouse. So if you like hair metal, that's the exact one to go with. Chris Caram, if you're listening. But I do like Democracy in here for Todd Fletcher. Uh, it's hard to go against two Brad Cox horses in the same race, plus a Chad Brown, but <laughs> I love that. I love that debut. Um, that, that horse uh, won at one turn uh, against a 44-and-a-half in the slop uh, down at Gulfstream. And the horse he beat, Bears Watching, is a really, really good uh, three-year-old for Shug McGahee, who came back to air. So this horse showed a lot of grit, six furlongs to get up in time. Goes to seven furlongs here. I think this horse could be a good one. Uh, So, again, I I can't believe I'm going against two Brad Cox horses. That's usually not a wise thing to do, but I like Pletcher here. I'll tell you what, at at 10 to 1, give me Santa Cruiser. Yeah, I can see Uh, that. Well, this horse was, you know, he was sneaky, sneaky live in his first start of the year in the LeCompte. He finished fourth. I mean, he's beaten, beaten a lot that day, but he, I remember he was way back. He was in a different zip code down the backstretch. Uh, and then they, they, you know, they tried to go to the Risen Star. He didn't run well. He tried to go to the Southwest. Didn't go, didn't go well there. Maybe he bled uh, in those two stars. There, there no laces. This is his first time Lasix in, in seven career races. This horse, you know, on the turn back, he might be okay here. You know, if, and his I, I best races were at one turn. His two best races were at one turn. I don't think you'll get ten to one on it, but. And we and, should also point out the the worst named horse in the history of horses, number nine founder. <laughs> we've, yeah, we've, we've covered this horse before, but that, that's something you do after you eat too much, right? You founder. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Okay. I, I kind of like the medicine right, tail. Who? Medicine tail? Yeah, on the inside for Corey Landry and uh, Dan Kobiski. Yeah. You know, when this horse debuted a couple times at Turfway, kind of the same flat level, I just don't think that horse liked the synthetic at all. And if awesome. you come back back to Ellis, Craig, you got to remember these Ellis, Ellis horses. But, I mean, I think this horse has really been training well, and it's worth a shot. But you know, it's you, you need some price, and obviously you'll have the morning line. I do not have the morning line. And Medicine Tail is twelve to one in the morning line. Oh, I'll and Corey, La- Corey Landry had a good meet at Gulfstream, so props to him for that. Right, a quiet, a quietly quiet, quiet good meet against a bunch of veterans down there, five or six jocks who win all the races. So he's able to hold his own. So props right. to him. And he didn't. He doesn't get the mounts down there like. Saez and Paco and the Ortizes. Yeah, they get first choice. He gets, you know, he's got a, uh, well, it was was a good meet. It was a good meet for Landry. Yeah, Landry rarely has a big Keeneland meet, so he's usually, so it'd be interesting to see what he does here at this meet after coming off the good Gulfstream meet. He usually revs up for Churchill, but I'm hoping Corey does well this meet. Maybe he does well with Medicine Tail. We'll see. Hey, is the abbreviation TTC, is that the Churchill Downs training track? No, it's Third the one, it's the one on Parish Pike, the, the Third Ridge Center. Oh, that's right. That's right. You need to go there. That place will freak you out. <laughs> they got I mean, a, they I've driven by it. They got a big barn, a giant barn, and it's got like four or five rows of stalls inside the barn under roof, and then they will, they will, they will, uh, close off all those rows and turn the the uh the barn into a training track so the horses can gallop around the barn if the weather's too oh this place is huge it's pretty cool anyway 
Well, I, I, I think this is a good live mount and a good long shot that I'm going to play. All right. Good luck. Race six is the Appalachian Stakes presented by the Japan Racing Association. One mile on the turf for Phillies three years old. This is a grade two. As I recall, I think this race came up light last year, and, and, and it's no different this year. Only six horses in the race, led by the two-horse Spanish Love Affair, who won the Here Comes the Bride Stakes last time, but was disqualified and placed fourth in a kind of somewhat controversial DQ. I thought it was a, 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 the right call. But uh, Chris Landeros is getting the mount, and as we talked about, that that uh, uh, winter riding for the for the Cassie Barn has paid off as he gets the amount on a, on a live favorite here in the Appalachian. Uh, guys, uh, anybody, uh, any preferences in the Appalachian? Yeah, I do. Well, I, as you mentioned, uh, we're big fans of Chris Landerl's and uh, appreciate what he did at Turfway. So we're happy to see him get the, because it's, it's not the only live mountain he's got there. He's got some, he's got some nice horses up over the weekend, particularly on Saturday. So pulling for Chris, but uh, that said, I'm going on the inside with Jouster, who had a really impressive Gulfstream meet. Uh, it's, again, it's a six-horse field, but you get Luis Saez from the rail. Horse just got nipped last time against a nice one in the Grade Three Oaks. Looks like he gets the lead to himself, or she gets the lead to herself right here. Uh, they're gonna have to catch this one. There's a couple of good horses in here. I mean, Plum Ali was a uh, one heck of a runner last year, but coming off a layoff, may have hit to her class uh, ceiling last time out in the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Turf. So we don't know what she's going to do uh, off the layoff, but we do know that Jouster is going to go to the front, and Saez is a master at rating on the front, a master at rating in front of the turf. So I, I like I like Jouster in this spot. Pulling for Chris, and but probably wagering on Jouster. Alan, I'm with you. I think Jouster is the one in here. Mm-hmm. Um, Starlight Racing Connections, those guys, no, I mean, they come out running, and it's almost like we're repeating every race. Starlight, you know, uh, just the same trainers, you know, Cox has got one or two in each race. And I hate to sound so repetitive, but, you know, here's a Todd Fletcher with Starlight Racing. Jouster is kind of my number one pick. Um, And it's really hard to go much deeper. I'd maybe throw in a a long shot if you're playing, but Plum Ali obviously looks, looks good, but that big layoff, I, you just don't ever know. The works aren't really telling me anything uh, if this horse is ready or not. So, and then you got Cox in here again. Uh, looks looks very competitive, you know. Yeah, uh, Cox has been favored the last six times it's raced or five. Who goes off favorite in here, CC? I think Jouser probably ends up the slightest of favorites. That's just my my opinion. I may be I wrong think, about that. I think you're right, just because of the pace advantage. Yeah. I think everybody's going to see the same thing. Yeah. And Saez fits it like a glove. So, I mean, uh, he, this horse got good at Gulfstream. This horse got good at Gulfstream. Did get, did get caught last time. Could get leg weary in the, in the late going. And, I mean, there's some good riders in there. But, I mean, the, the pace scenario leans in Jouster's favor. Yep, and that cutback. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Okay, let's go to race seven. This is the Commonwealth grade three, $200,000 per seven furlongs. On the dirt course, the morning line favorite is Flagstaff, eight to five. For John Sather, Joel Rosario, Blinker's off this time. Last seen running behind two toughies down on the Arkansas circuit, CZ Rocket and Whitmore. And now they ship here to Keeneland. Should note that uh, Hidden Scroll was in here. That's uh, a controversial <laughs> horse, to say the least. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, Brandon, we'll start with you. Who do you like in the Commonwealth? Yeah, you know, after so many years of attending Keeneland, I mean, this is one of my favorite races. They're sprinting. It's you, it's just how the track plays out. The weather, I don't think, will be a factor at all on Saturday, even though it, it's going to get pretty cold uh, through Friday and things. But uh, I've always been a long and big fan of Hog Creek Hustle. The horse is just, you never know how this horse is going to run, uh, kind of bouncing around. But I've been to Keeneland, been in the winter circle. I think going a mile for that horse is probably just a little too much. Uh, I've just, like I've said, I've been a fan of the Foley Barn and, and those folks for a long time and was in a winter circle photo with them. So they're very good people. Uh, so I'm kind of a fan favorite there. I'm going to take another shot. Greg Foley, Raphael Bonarano, and Bango. Bango, I remember, you know, a couple times at, at uh, the fairgrounds, you know, running on that, that off track and then as well as the synthetic at Turfway. I think when you return this horse back to dirt, like if you go back to November of last year at, at Churchill, horse ran a big number. And, uh, you know, even though it's an optional claim of 80, uh, there was some decent company in there and strike power and Rubus. Uh, I think this horse has got a shot, and like I said, I got no morning line, so I'm gonna I'm gonna trust just just my vision uh, <laughs> with these. And <laughs> ten to one, ten to one in the morning line. Love it. All right, Al. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion in this race. I'm gonna defer to somewhat. I want to give out a selection per se. Uh, I know the two to the inside, Flagstaff and Hidden Scroll, are probably the ones to beat, as well as Hawk Creek Hustle at the lab. I don't trust any of them uh, <laughs> where I could I can sink my teeth into them. So uh, this is a race I'll watch as a fan. Perhaps I spread a little bit of hope. You know, uh, I will, I, like Brandon, I will be pulling for Bango. Bango's a favorite of mine. The Foley's, you have Vicky Foley, you have Greg Foley in here. I, I'm a big fan of Bango. I don't know if he's classy enough to beat these. But I do know last race is a bit. His last two races are a bit of a throwout, in that uh, he he raced on the dirt last time against our buddy Michelle Avell, who uh, just might outbroke him. And it's hard, it's hard to beat just might out of the break. And Bengal didn't get the break, so it's, it kind of muddies up the form, as does a, a bad trip at Turfway. So Bengal's going to drift up to 15 to one. Uh, that's good enough for me in a spot where I don't have a strong opinion. So I'll just I'll just take the price and pull for a favorite horse of mine. But again, I, I'm deferring overall. I'm not, I'm not really, I love the race itself. I'm just not crazy about this particular edition to where I have a strong opinion. This race is known for some surprises. I don't have the list of winners in front of me, but I, I've, I've known there's some, there's been some head scratching moments in this race over the years. I think uh, Hidden Scroll is a play against. I know he yeah, changed I can, the I can. to Greg Cox, but I mean, you know, he made that, he, he made that comeback last time at Oakland, and you know he. It was okay. It was, it was a, good. A good allowance field. That's that's about all you can say. I mean, he he hasn't proven yet that he's ready to 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 beat grade two or grade three competition. But uh, you know, I think it's either uh, you single flag staff or you use them all. Yeah. Because I can understand that. Yeah. All right. So now we're we're gonna get into the nitty gritty race eight. Kicks off the late pick four. It's the Shaker Town Stakes. Grade two, two hundred thousand dollar purse. This is for the uh, the veteran male sprinters, five and a half furlongs on the turf. And the morning line favorite is on the outside, bound for nowhere. Three to one for Joel Rosario, Wesley Ward. Uh, 
seven-year-old horse. He's only made 14 lifetime starts, but he's made over $800,000. Uh, Brandon, first of all, I want to ask you, do you know who the Shakers were? <laughs> I know where Shaker Town and Shaker Village is. Okay, well, that's where the Shakers came from. Well, that's where they lived. Right, and they still, you can still go there and visit, stay overnight. They got a great restaurant there. It's on the way to Lake Harrington. That's true. You know what freaks me out? If you walk around that place enough, you'll see that giant nuclear power plant. <laughs> yeah, yeah glowing in the me out. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't think the Shakers would approve of that. But. <laughs> no, no. All right. Uh, Brandon, let's start with you. Who do you like in the Shaker town? Michelle, come on, just might. I want Amen. to see this horse. I want to see this horse win this race so bad. I, I I I couldn't really single down to many horses at all. I mean Wesley Ward, you get a thirteen post. I mean the horse has got a ton of speed. I can see it happening. Uh, you know I like Chris Landeros here turned aside. I thought this horse had a good opportunity here. Uh, I don't like the last start, but it was his first start back after a layoff, so. I kind of like getting one of those under their belt, and uh, that's just a huge. I mean, this horse is well bred as well, so uh, you know, yeah. What is that word? Yeah, turned aside, and then going to outside, and with just might, and then Wesley Ward. But you know, when when I do that on a sprint, I, I want to see more prices. I, you know, you always want to spread in these things, and I, you know, I'm going to judge on Friday when we go on Friday how the turf's playing. And look at the speed of how fast they're they're, they're going to run. So, but that's kind of where I could land. I, I really this is a, a a scratcher for me. I don't know where to be. All right, Alan. If, do you have to ask? I'm going for just Mike. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he wins a race, but I do know he's in good form. I do know he fires every time. I do know he'll be overlaid because that's just the way they do Michelle's horses. Uh, against these hard knockers um why not there's the horses uh, just set a track record with the fairgrounds on dirt horse in good form uh, interesting thing from a pace scenario because you always have to analyze pace um that's as big a, it's big a factor as any when handicapping horse races it's uh, a pace uh, people go by numbers and this pace is as big a factor as there isn't anything uh, to analyze and in this race, if you if you plot the race out, there's a lot of speed on the outside. All the speed horses, to, and it seems like Just Might looks to be the one inside of all the outside speed. That could be a good thing in this spot. It could be a bad thing. I, I don't know. But I do know if Kobe can break this horse on top at, at 10, 12 to 1, um, the, the horse can win. It's I know the horse will fire. Will the horse win? I don't know. I think maybe the way to approach the race from a betting standpoint, if, if you don't, if you are a little worried about who to take, I think Kentaka. Hitting the board, maybe wheeling Kanthaka underneath is not a bad idea. I think Kanthaka might be the best of the closers uh, because there could be a speed duel develop. So I would look at Kanthaka. Of course, Kanthaka could win the race as well, too. But we know Bound for Nowhere loves to scratch. Bound for Nowhere scratches a lot. Um, so we don't know if he'll show up or not, but uh, I'm going to go with Michelle. I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to pick against her. It's just the way it is. But I do think Kanthaka might be a good underneath super effective traffic, the key horse in this spot with the way the pace uh, develops. I'm counting no less than eight horses in this race that want to be within at least a length of the lead early, you know, yeah. just looking at their past performances. So, I mean, this, I don't see how uh, a 
pace duel does not develop a hot pace. So, you know, that that sets it up for two horses. The two horse Imprimis, seven to two for Joe Orsino. Uh, this guy, he's he's been on the board two out of three starts at Keeneland. The one time he did not hit the board was when a rider T shut him down in the Breeders' Cup turf sprint, if you remember right. that. Mm-hmm. The horse looked like he might have a chance to, to actually win the race, and, and somehow he just got shut off, and a ride wrapped up on him late. And, you know, I think that horse, he looks like he's in good form. Uh, he was beating at even money last time. I don't care for that, but that was at Tampa, uh, beaten by a speed horse. I think he's ready to roll here. And then I think you're right on Kanthaka. Kanthaka, I thought uh, he was going to win the uh, the Jiper Stakes, had the lead late and was run down by Alexandra. That would have made a – I hit a huge pick four that day. That horse was 16-1. to 1. I had him in the pick four. But uh, I think those two will come running late if, if the pace still does uh, – or the pace uh, is nuclear like uh, I think it's going to be. So You know what? If I can make one note about Infamous is a horse I was high on after a big, a big just remarkable when it came on a couple of years ago. And I think I got burned with burned with him a few times because I kept expecting that follow-up effort to happen and it never did. But he did, to his credit, he did round back into form last year after some iffy efforts. So I just I can never trust Imprimis. Uh, I feel like I'm wrong every time when I pick him doesn't fire. When I go against him, uh, he wins. So I'm not picking him today, folks. So I guess you know what to do then, right? Imprimis to win. But yeah, Imprimis is is always an, an, a notorious one for me. I got one question for both of you. Uh, I think it's is it uh, Jonathan Kinchin? Uh, from the uh, the Naira broadcast, right? Uh, he his uh, his thing with these turf sprints when there's a lot of speed, you always take the supreme speed. Exactly, without because question. the horse is going to outrun everybody else, and then, then the rest of them will take back. Who is the who is the speed of the speed here? <sighs> well, I tell you, I, I, that's tough because I do look for that because when I play multi race tickets, again I go by pace a lot, so. Like if I were playing a multi-race ticket off the top of my head, I would want to take the speed of the speed if they run off the feet, uh, a decent stalker who could get first run, and I would want to take a closer at the very least in, in a race such as this. Uh, I think I mentioned who I like from a closing standpoint. That would be Kanthaka. The speed of the speed, um, i tell you, high crime is pretty fast. Uh, the critical way is pretty fast. And, of course, Just Might, Just Might did outbreak Bangle on the square last time, and it draws inside. Uh, I don't know. Luis Saez is on critical, critical way. I'd say it's critical way or just might off the top of my head, but I, we won't know. They open those gates. What do you yeah, think? I was thinking ready for prime time. Oh, let's see. Ready for prime time here. I know they're all on the outside. It seems like. Yeah. This one's kind of an inside shot in the six hole. Uh, I think some of those early figs look to be, I don't know. It's, it's really yeah, hard to tell. He's fast. He's fast. So is uh, Hollis. Hollis is fast. What, what do you think, CC? I think uh, uh, this is going to be nuclear. This is going to be a meltdown late. I, I don't see any way around it, unless some of these horses scratch. Well, but uh, the one thing about that, when, when again, I could I could go on and on about handicap and pace. Uh, but what you do and sometimes, and there's a I think there's a race up this weekend that reminds me of this race. Sometimes you look for that closer that's just not there. What happens a lot of times in speed races, particularly sprint races, when you have a lot of speed, you'll there'd be a tendency to look for stalkers. And what happens in a race a lot of speed, the stalkers want to stalk, but they get taken out of their game because they're too far back early. The, the pace is nuclear, and that horse is like to sit, sit two lengths, 
is fourth by two lengths is now seventh by five lengths. And that takes him out of his game. And that kind of, that's the phrase we use running off their feet. They run these horses off their feet. And that's when you look for a dead closer, the horse that make the last run. Sometimes these races don't have a dead closer. And then the horse just goes wire to wire. I don't think that's the case here. I think you have a couple of decent closers. But uh, again, pace, I, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough is handicapping the pace of a race. And I think this is a, this, this race is a good uh, illustration of that. All right. Yeah. And you know, Wesley Ward's going to break fast. I oh mean, yeah. I don't know how he does it. If he Every runs single time, I, I would say three quarters of the time of his starters, even at Turfway, they'll break first. So. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. If this horse runs, but this horse is notorious for scratching, but when he does run, he's tough to beat. Yeah. We're talking about bound for nowhere, by the way. Yep. All right. Well, our next race on the card is a grade one. The Central Bank Ashton stakes $400,000 for three-year-old fillies, mile and 16th on the dirt. Remember, there's a short stretch in play here. The favorite is number five, Malathot for Shadwell Stables and Todd Pletcher, written again by Joel Rosario. Uh, Alan, you go first here, and then uh, when you're done, I'm going to give you some uh, insight on this race. Oh, good. Um, I'll be well, looking just, forward to it. Uh, no, but not insight, but just uh, history. Okay. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll turn it over to Brandon. Yeah, so I, I think I know where you're, you're going. Uh, and even though this is a short field in the Ashland, uh, every time you think you've got it narrowed down the Ashland, there's some crazy price that comes up. Uh, so I think that's probably where you're you're leading. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that said, uh, I'm going to take simply ravishing. Uh, not as strong an opinion as I've had in some other races, but I think the the, the public's going to gravitate to Malathat because there's a lot of hype with Malathat for Pletcher after winning the um, winning in the at Aqueduct the Damoiselle, the Grade Two, but the horse has been off since August. And uh, that race was in the slop. Uh, are they playing catch up? I, I'm not sure, but simply ravishing as well as coming off a layoff. However, simply ravishing did win the Alcibiades here. Uh, the only really poor effort the horse had was Louis Sias was not aboard. Louis Sias is aboard today. Uh, five to two in the morning line. I'd, I'd be happy getting five to two on that horse. That'd give me uh, simply ravishing for Ken McPete. Alan, I'm with you. I'm, I'm duplicating exactly what you said. I don't, uh, Malatop, I, or however you pronounce the name. I mean, if you if you look, they they may have been trying to find a race for that horse, but maybe they just the work tab is kind of, you know, you got a January bullet, then you go to late February, then you then you start picking up weekly works. Uh, you know, this horse is is obviously bred great, real expensive million dollar purchase. purchase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, three starts and this horse is going to just come here and win a grade one. I, I don't know, but it's, it's happened before. Um, I thought, yeah, simply ravishing was definitely the one, uh, to, to take it here, but I, I don't know any other depth. And if I'm going to try to gamble, I mean, maybe pass the champagne, you know, a second time yeah. starter, uh, or a third time starter, excuse me. And, you know, they had impressive speed figures, well bet, well bet, debuted, but I, nothing else is jumping off the pages. Correct me if I'm wrong, CC. before you get going. Uh, Malathot is, the, the dam is dreaming of Julia, who I believe was the favorite in the Kentucky Oaks the year uh, Princess of Silmar won it. Am, am I right about that? Yes. Pr- uh, 
Dreaming of Julie ran like the fastest thoroughbred figure of all time at Gulfstream prior yeah, to the Tech Jokes. And it's just it, that that race made no sense. She won by like 15 lengths that night or that day, <laughs> and, and every horse in the race just like just bounced. And yeah. then I think Amalian was in there. Amalian came back and won the Ashland. Yeah. And she she finished like 80 lengths behind the winner. And uh, but yeah, you're right. Dreaming of Julia won. Uh, was the favorite that year in the Oaks. Yeah, I think it was a she was a flat fourth or something. I think she did bounce, if I'm not mistaken, kind of empty in the lane. But that's just off the top of my head. Man, I'm just going back looking at the winners of this race back in the 80s and 90s. Listen to these names: Gorgeous, Go for Wand, uh, Prospector's Delight, Inside Information, uh, My Flag, Silver Bullet Day, Take Charge Lady, Madcap Escapade. And then Monmore Girl won the race uh, in 2018. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you got all those nice winners. But, uh, you know, listen to some of these names like Who Why? Whole Buzzard. <laughs> uh, Who else you got? Weep No More, Sailor's Valentine, Out for Spin. You they, These these mares were just like double-digit crazy long shots, outsiders. And... As much as you get the favorite in this race, you'll also get a bomb. Yeah, like a real bomb. Like, like we're not talking eight to one. We're talking forty to one in a seven horse field. Well, out for spin was fifty to one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so week so, no more was thirty five to one, I think. They were in short fields. This this race historically has short fields. Yeah, and then, yeah, it's not like twelve horse fields. You know, this six and seven horse fields. So look at these fillies in here. Like simply ravishing, coming off a layoff. She she was huge in the Alcibiades in October. And then, you know, she kind of tailed off. She finished fourth in Breeders' Cup, finished fourth in the uh, Goldenrod. And then Malathot was life and death. Yeah. Mademoiselle uh, to catch Milfoy, who, who ran a, just a mediocre second last week in a slow, slow Gulfstream Park. Oaks. Mm-hmm. Will Seeker is, you know, she's an up and comer, but she's still not all that fast. Uh, those those are your top three fillies, and they've all got holes in their resume because I mean they're all coming off. Well, simply ravishing and Malathot are coming off layoffs. Will Secret's not that fast. Mm. Uh, I see where you're going. I mean Moonswag, for instance, if you're looking for alternatives in this race, Moonswag scratched out of the uh, the Oaks last week at uh, at the fairgrounds and, and off a career effort. Uh, they may have been wanting to come to the Ashland because I had to run third to Clarier and tra- travel column. Uh, so you, you may look in that direction. And, that, and then you have Curl and Catch on the inside with, with Mark Cassie and Chris Van Daryl's horses run some really nice two-turn races. So I, I guess, you know, the thought of going all in this, if you can go deeper later, uh, go a single later, may, may be a decent option. I agree. I see where you're I, going with this. I'd absolutely hit the all button here. And hope. At least on one ticket, yeah. Yeah. Because I, 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 don't, I don't really – have to have any of these fillies you know they're just agreed yeah so that's that's where i'm at that's that's a cop out but i'm hitting the all button here okay all right so the 10th race is the madison stakes the penultimate feature on the card it's a great one three hundred thousand dollars always a tough race fillies and mayor seven furlongs on the dirt and i'm very interested to hear what you guys have to say about this race uh uh brandon we'll throw it to you first well, you know, I, I've got three horses in this race, and three standouts to me 
One, I've been a fan of the number one, Sinasis, for Mike McCarthy Barn. Uh, I know a lot about the barn here on on the East Coast. I saw this horse come over to Churchill and debut on that optional claimer. Uh, ran a great race uh, to Chocolate Kisses, and I forget about that Estilio. That that horse is somewhere else in this card. Oh yeah, uh, right or no? I'm getting confused with the other one. But anyway, uh, I'm a big fan of Sinasis, especially uh, when this horse just ran two or th- I think it was three Bob Bafferts off the course at Santa Anita back in January. The horse has been you know hanging out since then. But I tell you, the barn here really worked with this horse from September, you know, through November. And I hate to see that this horse has had some gaps in a running line, but it, maybe this horse has needed it. I don't like a Ch- Chilean bread at all, but uh, I've just been a, a fan of this horse a long time. And the last time they went, ran out, I mean, it paid a great, great odds, it's, you know, at $7.50. So, uh, or no, it was a lot more than that. But anyway, so... Uh, I just think the world of that horse, uh, and I know the trainer pretty well. I think Bell's the one's got another big, big shot. But again, you got a big layoff. But I think this this Neil Pesson uh, just been training this horse like lights out. Lot them back stables. Those guys have got real winners in their barn. Um, I think this horse is a real serious shot. I'm not playing Kamari at all, and I'm coming to Wisconsin. Greg Foley. I think these guys are ready. This is their meat. This is where they want to be. Uh, I should say Bell's the one is the uh, two-to-one morning line favorite for uh, Neil, Neil Pesson, as you mentioned. Uh, Alan, what do you think? Give me Kamari. Uh, I, Kamari's three for three on dirt. I've been waiting for this horse to get to, to run some back-to-back races. The prep for this was good. Um, I, I've, I've thought a lot of this horse for a long time. She is hooking some t- t- uh, some tough customers here today, and Bell's the one and a horse I really really like in Wisconsin. But uh, I think Kamari has been destined to win a race of this nature with her talent. Uh, I hate picking against Wisconsin because if you go back, uh, this horse is a one. I, I've, I've done well with this horse. This horse is a wait and make one bold run type of horse. So when the pace is there, this horse is 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 double tough. And we were talking about pace earlier and how, how races, races flow and how races unfold. And a good example is her last race in the Breeders' Cup Flavor Sprint when she, she, she made her run. She ran her race. She was 6 by 10. She decided to go after Gamine and Serengeti Empress that day. And what happened, if you look at the, the past performances, are a classic example of what happens when you go up, when you make your run against two classy fillies that won't stop. She made the huge move, looked like she was threatening, and then she couldn't make any more ground on him. And then she got passed late by horse. Bell's the one who moved late. That kind of that kind of move she made will win most races. She just ran into two monster fillies. So there's no horses of that caliber in here. But so I do expect a good effort from Wisconsin if the pace develops. But my top choice is, is definitely Kamari. And I and I want to give a nod, obviously, Shananus and uh, Bell's the one who's a tough customer. But give me Kamari, Wisconsin. So let's talk about the pace here. I mean, is it Monday call the early leader? Yeah, uh, that horse is a little quixotic to me. Um, she tailed off. She tailed off last year. But again, it's those Oxel guys. If this one's ready, 
Uh, this horse could wire it nine or ten to one. You think Cox will be? I mean, because that would be a hell of a bet. Yeah, yeah. This horse is going to go off at eight to one morning line. I would think seven, eight to one is probably legitimate. Going against uh, the horses like Bell's the One and Kamari, yeah, it's, I'd say seven, eight to one is probably going to happen. Damn, you never see Cox at that ever. What do you think, Cece? How do you see it unfolding? Well, I think it speaks volumes that the uh, as she tailed off her last two, that Cox Barn brings her back here off the layoff in grade one. I mean, if she <laughs> if she runs to that race at Ellis Park, I think she'll win this because she's yeah. long speed. Nobody's going to go with her. Uh, I mean, she's my top pick, uh, but I do like Sananus on the inside with uh, Castellano and McCarthy. Uh, you know, turning back, I think she'll offer a late run. But uh, yeah, give me uh, give me Monday call with Kamari Sananus and Bell's the one underneath. Give me those three underneath. Okay. Like right. Monday call at at eight to one. Now she yeah, they better down maybe not so much. But yeah, I'll take Monday call. And first time four year old, first time star as a four year old. I mean she's she's bound to grow up. I think I think she's got a shot here. I do too. She got to get seven furlongs against some. Uh, uh, off the bench against some really uh, tough customers, but uh, the pace scenario could not fall into their lap any better. So I agree. I can definitely see that. Okay. And here we go. The feature on the card, the mile and an eighth Toyota bluegrass tip of the cap to Allen, the grade two purse of $800,000 mile and an eighth on the dirt <laughs> course. I just got that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos to you for working this out, man. <laughs> And the heavy favorite, of course, is going to be number four, Essential Quality, wearing the Godolphin blue. Godolphin's won everything lately. Brad Cox is the trainer of this horse. He's undefeated in four starts. Three to five on the morning line, though. Uh, Brandon, we'll go to you first. Who do you like in the bluegrass stakes? Well, let me tell you, one of our guests that's been on the pod, I believe, twice, Will Nesker, he will not get off Rombauer. He thinks Ron Byer's got the biggest shot on the board here. He's got he's got this horse in Derby Futures locked up at 50 to 200 to 1 on doubles and everything else. So I wanted to make that a big point tonight in the pod. Again, Mike McCarthy, he knows the same guy that, that works the East Coast string here. Uh, but this horse has never been here, uh, but is here for a purpose and a reason. Uh, Mike doesn't ship, you know, just anybody from – the West Coast over. I don't like the Golden Gate race at all. I don't like synthetic than coming over to dirt, but was heavily bet, did did well, did win in a nice steady run. Uh, I wish I could have saw some works at Keeneland, but the horse has been working lights out ever since. Uh, very good works. So, Will, I hope I hope you're a winner. <laughs> I think essential quality could bounce. Could. I think it's rare. I think the chances are pretty unlikely, but you know, while we're here and what we want to do is we want to be favorites and cash tickets. So I'm going to go outside with my own pick here. I mean, central quality, of course, I'm going to play Ron Byer, maybe just for will I'll play it in a pick four. Uh, but I'm going all the way out to, uh, Robertino Diodoro. Keep me in mind, uh, for Spindrift. I like the the change. Uh, just I know it's way outside, but uh, I'm not laughing at the 
pick. I'm <laughs> Go uh, ahead. Go well, ahead. To, yeah, but keep me in mind, I think is it's got a good shot. I know it's gone up against a central quality, but held its own, you know, every time at big odds. So then start everybody started paying attention to the horse. Uh, keep me in mind, won the Kentucky Jockey Club, grade two at Churchill, throw out the last Oaklawn race. I mean, you can't come back and go against concert tour in Big Lake. It, that just was not a great race for that horse. But I'm glad it did get in and get something in its, you know, uh, on, on a good uh, return back to racing in March. I think it's kind of a quick turn, no doubt. But I, I don't think the, the horse was really meant to, to win that, that last race, the Rebel. So keep me in mind, it's going to be my long shot. What's the morning line on that one? Uh, eight to one. Love it. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. There's just not many shooters here. We got nine horses. And you got a lot that are, you know, two essential qualities just really going to be strong. Alan, uh, let's talk about pace scenario here. There's, no There's none. There's none. This 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 field, this field drew a field full of deep closers, deep closers. That's why the, the pace scenario. We've talked about pace a lot already, and I, I do hope everybody listens. Actually, makes an effort to handicap pace. Look at your figures. Look at your fractions. And, and try to uh, analyze the way a race is going to be run. That's as much as that's as much a, a factor as anything else. And this race, another good example. Uh, if essential quality wasn't already tough enough to beat, the pace scenario just tilts in his favor tremendously. He would prefer not to be on the lead. He'd probably be, but he's going to be on the lead or right off the lead by default. There's no speed in here. I don't know who. I'll be honest with you. I don't know who goes to the front. Saez may send it just because he has the best horse and go wire to wire. I think he prefer to sit just off somebody, but I don't know who that, that horse is. So you have a race with a ton of closers, a ton of deep closers. They want to run. They want horses to hook up in front of them, and you just don't have it in here. And that makes essential quality double tough. Uh, I think the morning line on essential quality is three to five. Uh, I, I think he's probably going to be about that three. Man, he might, you might get four to five on the horse. But he's the best horse in the race. He's he's a leading favorite for the Kentucky Derby, and and the pace scenario just works for him. So I'm just not not give out a chalk. I got to come up with something else. But I I do think highly motivated is slightly underrated. I liked his race in the Gotham. I thought he was actually really picking up stride down the lane, really reaching out. So I expect, and who knows, they may send him here. I don't know. So the way I would approach this race is I will take essential quality on top. I'm not betting against the horse. And I would put highly motivated. And Ron, as Brandon said, Rombar, I think Rombar is a really nice horse. I don't think the pace center was going to work for him. I would put a highly motivated and Rambauer in the two spot behind essential quality. And then underneath, I would use, again, uh, highly motivated Rombauer, hidden stash for Vicky Oliver on the rail. And keep me in mind, has to run better than last time. So I would, I would, maybe play a trifecta or superfecta in that manner, but uh, it's essential quality to me, essential quality to me simply because of the pace and the class. I think highly motivated winds up on the lead here, right? Yeah, I mean, possibly. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would not go. I mean, he, he last fall on breeders cup day in the Nyquist stakes, he was two and a half lengths off of 21 and three opening quarter. I mean, I think he just, yeah, I think, I think they, they use his speed and try to go wire to wire here. And Saez yeah, will sit right off of him, won't he? Saez will be right there with him. Right. I think he'll, he'll be no more than two links back. 
And, you know, I mean, that's that's awful chalky to look at it that way. If highly motivated can get nine furlongs, he's probably in the exacta. Right. He be. I mean, if I if I play in the race, I'm going to play essential quality, and I'm going to play keep me in mind to pick up the pieces late. So maybe like a four-nine all and a four-all nine. And, and go back to last fall's uh, Keeneland meet. Deodoro was just on fire. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. He, he probably would have hit it probably 25, 30%. And then there was a lot of races where he had two entrants in the race. So, you know, that, that those stats are kind of misleading. So, I, you know, I think there's a reason he brought him here. And I think uh, I think this horse is going to close into a slow pace and, and, and at least get, you know, part of the money. So, you know, at eight, seven, eight to one, I think uh, you're going to have to hammer the try to make any money in here. But, uh, right. You could watch it as a fan if you like. I mean, I, no, I have a question. No. I, well, I'm not watching this as a fan. Just, sometimes, sometimes you just got to pass. I mean, but, uh, you know, maybe you're live on a pick six or pick five to this horse or something. No, we don't know. pass. We don't pass. Never. Never. I pass. I will pass, guys. I, <laughs> <laughs> I understand the sentiment. I understand the sentiment. I do have a question for you, though, CC, about Ron Bauer. Because I'm like Brandon. I'm like Will Nasker. I, I do like Ron Bauer. I think, I think the pace scenario is tough here for him. Does Ron, what, does Ron Bauer have the points to get in the – I don't think he has the points to get in the Derby, does he? He would probably uh, need to hit the board here. Yeah. He he got four points for the American Pharaoh, and I don't know if the El Camino Real has any points. See, it, it's it a shame because I do believe he, – he mentioned have, Will having uh, this horse in future wagers. You want to get the horse in the Derby because if the horse doesn't win – he would be a, a nice long shot play in the Derby because the pace, the pace scenario is up against him, muddy his form up and he could be 50, 61 the Derby and could, and could run much better there. But he, he, he Rambar has to get on the board here to get it, to even think about getting in the Derby. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, I think it's got to get second. Yeah, he's yeah, got to get second. If he, if yeah. he doesn't get second, then he's, they're on the outside looking in. And that's something to keep in mind, folks. If you like Rambar, they have to try with him today, but I think they have to try with keep me in mind too. Don't they? Uh, hidden stash yeah. might be might be in. Essential quality is in. Keep me in mind. I think keep me in mind might have to hit the board to get in. Um, and I know highly motivated probably does. I so that's something to keep in mind too, everybody. Keep me in mind could get in with a third place finish. Could highly motivated? Uh, highly motivated only he's uh, ten he, point. He probably need a. He would Second need place. A, a, well, third place would only give him thirty points total. So, what about what what about Hush of a Storm for our, our past podcast? Oh, Will Moore. Yeah, I'd love to see that horse do well. He's got 10 points. So if that horse got third, he might get in. So that's something to keep. All these, the, all these guys are going to be trying to get – trying to. I mean, they, they, they obviously are going to anyway, but it means a lot for these horses not named essential quality to run well in this spot. Yeah. I, I, think, I think he could be really sneaky because he's been a sneaky trainer at Turfway, and you're getting off synthetic to come back on dirt. It looks like, I mean, you got to throw out the first, the maiden claim, and then they figure out they might have something, and then the horse is making a steady progression. But, I mean, it had to improve a lot. But They scratched me in the spot. They scratched out the Jeff Ruby last week to be yeah. here. So, that, interesting that, move. That me because that was the perfect spot. I agree. Saturday. And but they know their horse. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little. I'm a little concerned. I hope he does well, just for, for Mr. Morey. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I think we did it. I think we wrapped it up. 
that's 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 all that's that's 11 races uh before we cut out of here guys uh how about a best best bet and a best long shot uh anybody care to go first yeah best bet can I, give me a, a best bet of uh you know what i want to say mahomes money but the more i think about it i, I gotta think jouster jouster mahomes money the best bet long shot i'll take um I'll take recidivist eh, recidivist in race four, because obviously honestly, I can't come up with anything off the top of my head, but I'll just go there for now. Yeah, I'm sticking with Sinasis. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. I really think that horse has got a good shot. I like to turn back a little bit for that. Um, it's kind of, it's really been hard to try to find one. I, I'd really like to see Hall Creek hustle come in and bango bango would be my long shot. That'd be sweet. That'd be good. I'd be happy with that. What about you, so, uh, CC? Uh, my best bet will be a, a corned beef sandwich. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. my, best, my best long shot will be bread pudding. <laughs> and if you want to play a super factor or a trifecta later in the day, and if it's kind of on the cool side, hot chocolate. Keeneland's hot chocolate. <laughs> anybody else? Uh, this, full disclosure for folks, uh, CC is not as much a drinker. As, uh, as perhaps Brandon and I are. So the hot chocolate is up his alley. And I do like it too, but it's keen. And I'll probably have, I'll probably have a third beer by the time I get my third beer. And CeCe will tell me, he's like, do you really need another beer? And I'll get one more and then I'll stop. <laughs> That's how it works. He'll tell me I need to focus. And I'll be like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, and, all, and if all three of us are together, all bets are off. I don't know what we'll end up doing, but. That's true. Uh. Uh, it'll all depend on how the, the early card goes. I'm excited to be out there at Keeneland. I think the weather, I like a little nip in the air. I think 50s is just right with good sun. I think the track will be dry and fast. So I'm looking forward to it just to get out there and just breathe the Kentucky air. And hopefully we get to run some of our buddies out there and stuff. We'll say, be oh, out yeah. say hi. I might break out a bow tie Saturday. So oh, really? That. There's that to look forward to. I've never I might break the cargo shorts and some flip flops, but you know, I'm oh, trying. Did any of you all catch my bow tie? I wore it uh, Florida Derby. I did. I thought it was rather dapper. Well, I had the horses upside down. <laughs> kind of how my day went, but I did have a nice double and I uh, did bed dream quite a bit. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I had the pick four and then uh, oh. a really big double in the end. To known Sweet. agenda. Sweet. Yeah, it was fun. All right, let's wrap it up here. So, as we said, big big weekend of racing. Don't forget about after Keeneland's over, we got to watch the Wood Memorial and the Santa Anita Derby, and then we'll be uh, that much closer to maybe realizing who the Kentucky Derby favorite is going to be, and the the Derby pitcher is going to uh, should uh, should come into focus a little bit more on Saturday evening. Uh, if you see us out at the track. Be sure to come by, say hi. Uh, if not, until we see you next time, remember the gambling money ain't got no home.